Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Hi, everyone. I'm excited about this episode because fellow podcaster Richard Waith and I interview each other. You'll get to hear more about his story and how he started RX Radio, and you'll get to hear more about me, Dispensary of Hope, and what I've learned about doing a podcast. Check out his podcast, RX Radio, on iTunes to hear more from Richard. He's down in Miami, Florida. And to see the show notes and other guests on Talk to Your Pharmacist, check out www www.pharmacyadvisory.com and follow me on Twitter at Hill Blackburn. I've got some fun things coming up in the natural products space. Head over to www.npr.center. There is a bit of overlap in the audio quality for this episode and we apologize for that inconvenience. Hello, everyone. This is Hillary Blackburn with Talk to Your Pharmacist. And this is Richard Waith with RX Radio. And we are doing a little collaboration today, so uh, we're going to be interviewing each other, uh, so getting to hear uh, from your favorite podcaster interview another podcaster. So we're really excited about this episode, and we're going to do a little rapid-fire question and answer to get to know each other. I'm excited about it. Awesome. Well, Richard, I'll let you get started. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Hillary, tell me, what is your story and how did you get here? Yeah, so I uh, am a graduate of the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy. I uh, grew up in the Mississippi Delta and attended Ole Miss uh, and did their early entry pharmacy program. So there are a couple of those programs out in the country where as a high school senior, pharmacy schools will let you reserve a seat as long as you maintain your grades and keep up with all of the other requirements. So that was a really great way to um, go ahead and get plugged in from the get-go into pharmacy school. So I enjoyed doing that. And uh, during pharmacy school, had the opportunity to do lots of fun, different rotations. One that was a little unique was getting to spend time up in D.C. at HRSA, or Health Resources and Services Administration, with the Office of Pharmacy Affairs. Uh, so some of you may know that they oversee the 340B program. So that was uh, a different experience to get to see from more of a kind of public health and, and a program standpoint. After doing rotations, I did a PGY-1 residency at the University of Mississippi Medical Center and really loved clinical care. I love being in the ER, uh, love being in the ICU, rounding, uh, even being in the ambulatory setting and just really loved all of the preceptors and experiences with that. But when I moved to Nashville, there were not as many hospital jobs open. So I kind of decided to change my path a little bit and have had some experiences in uh, independent pharmacy, working for a family friend here in Nashville, uh, working for a health plan uh, 
specialty mail order pharmacy and where I am now, which has been just a wonderful fit is at the Dispensary of Hope. So I am the Director of Pharmaceutical Services at Dispensary of Hope. And that means that I oversee uh, our therapeutics department. So I am responsible for developing and maintaining our formulary, um, responsible for uh, maintaining relationships with all of the three schools of pharmacy here in the Nashville area, and also overseeing all of our research activities. So we've got some great partnerships in place with the advisory board company and some other really great things uh, that are in the pipeline. So I stay busy doing some consulting with our expansion and account management teams to kind of provide some of that clinical expertise. So uh, and then, of course, podcasting, doing some podcasting with the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. So that that's my story as quickly as yeah, I could that's share. that's awesome. So, Richard, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about your background and and how you got to where you are yeah, today. Yeah, so um, I was uh, raised in Miami, Florida, and I went to uh, undergraduate down here where I got a degree in uh, chemistry at Florida International University. And then I uh, went on to pharmacy school at the University of Florida, uh, was pretty involved there on campus, uh, was part of a bunch of organizations. Uh, and I started my pharmacy career actually with Target Pharmacy and uh, worked there for a couple of years. Uh, we eventually actually got bought out by CVS and uh, tried that for some time and figured it kind of wasn't for me. So then I moved on to a, uh, another community chain, which I'm currently with now very heavily involved in, you know, now trying to just build uh, a presence on social media um, through like podcasting as well through writing articles um, on both LinkedIn and Medium. And uh, I'm starting a, a company called Medvise, uh, which is a personal medication management company, which um, I basically just, it's an MTM company, but because of where MTM has been going recently and not really liking the way that the model works. I, I'm kind of calling it something different because I just feel like MTM has such a negative connotation nowadays. And so that's where uh, that's where I'm at right now and, and uh, looking forward to continue to advance in the profession. Awesome. So tell me about what is, uh, what's the dispensary of hope? Yeah. So we are a charitable medication distributor. Um, so what that means is that we are a distributor just like Cardinal or Amir Sersbergen, um, et cetera. But uh, we work as a nonprofit. So we actually partner with pharmaceutical companies who donate medicine to us. All of those drugs come from, you know, their warehouses to our distribution center in Nashville, Tennessee. And then we partner with pharmacies and clinics all over the country and get those medicines to them so they can dispense to their low-income patients. Uh, so it is. it really grew out of an idea, a uh, really Michelin-minded physician here in the Middle Tennessee area realized that he had a lot of samples that were going uh, unused. So he started taking those samples to free clinics. He got 
a lot of his friends doing that. They had the Kiwanis Club of Murfreesboro taking like garbage sacks of samples around. And this is all following the the PDMA. But that, of course, got to be a little unwieldy. They took it to St. Thomas Health, um, who created a nonprofit. And uh, so Dispensary of Hope has evolved a lot over the years. We no longer do uh, the branded sample model, but we really do more work with purely uh, working with the pharmaceutical companies. So we follow DSCSA, all of those track and trace requirements. And then we have some really great partners, some really large systems uh, that are using Dispensary of Hope as part of their population health strategies on, you know, how how do they uh, get medicine access to those patients who are most in need? So there are a lot of different programs that are out there. And, you know, you being in the retail setting, uh, you probably have patients all the time who are coming up and they can't afford their copay or their, uh, you know, maybe they don't have insurance or for whatever reason, maybe they're in the donut hole, et cetera. So there are a, a vast you know, number of reasons why non-adherence is such an issue. It's, you know, 100 to $300 billion issue annually. And we're able to solve a, a percentage of that. So our medicine, since it's donated, has to be given free of charge to uninsured patients. So that's that's the work that we do. Yeah. So Richard, tell us a little bit about your vision for yeah, so I, uh, I'm really kind of seeing... So this idea for me started back when I was pretty much in school, uh, you know, because I, I really thought that MTM was going to be the future of pharmacy. However, I didn't really think that it was going to be uh, like the vision kind of changed a little bit because of the recent news about like Amazon possibly coming into the landscape of healthcare, And uh, I really started realizing that the vision is now a blueprint for uh, what I think pharmacy is going to be like in the future, what I think our future roles are going to be like, especially if there's a potential where the traditional brick and mortar pharmacies no longer have a pharmacist, you know, practicing clinical services in them. Because I'm kind of seeing a situation where the infrastructure and technology uh, gets so advanced in, in being able to dispense medications that pharmacists are going to be able to practice more much more clinically than what we're currently doing, especially in the community setting. And what Medvise has started to become is kind of a blueprint to what the future of that is going to look like, where I think patients and pharmacists, I think patients are going to have their own personal pharmacist, where they're kind of like the hub of their, you know, their healthcare, the hub of um, managing all their medications and making sure they're taking what's convenient for them. They're taking what's affordable, uh, making sure they're taking the safest medication possible and the one that works the best for them. And then I, I then in turn see a situation where that pharmacist then finds a way to get them the medication at the best cost, you know, from a, from a pharmacy, whether it be um, from an independent, whether it be from a chain and it possibly being delivered through some form of, you know, delivery infrastructure. So um, I think Medvise is just a uh, really just a blueprint and, and what I think the future of pharma, the pharmacist role is going to be like. You know, I'm hoping to be the beginning of of a new role. So uh, I'm really excited about it. I think um, a lot of people, both, you know, healthcare providers and, uh, you know, regular consumers are seeing the value in this. And and the biggest question now is just how is it going to be a sustainable business model? You know, whereas current MTM models, the way it's sustainable is by, you know, high volume. 
of, of interactions because of the low reimbursement rates that the CMS is providing. However, it's forcing not the best care. So um, it's right now we're in a situation where we're trying to figure out what's going to be the business model that's going to work for this, where you don't have to rely on high volume because of the you know potential for lowered uh, quality of care, but rather focus on the quality of care and then figure out where the revenue for a sustainable business model will then come from. So that's a it's a it's a fun uphill challenge, but uh, but I'm excited about it. And I wanted to know what is going to be the what has been the most surprising thing that you have learned uh, in your podcasting journey? You know, I had an idea for a podcast in the spring of 2017 after doing a lot of research on how to make that idea into a reality. I was able to get Talk to Your Pharmacist launched in August of 2017 and have been releasing uh, podcast episodes almost weekly uh, since August. So it's been really fun journey. One of, I guess, the most surprising things is the willingness of people to share their stories. I think that, you know, I guess for younger uh, pharmacists or for for people who may be more uh, introverts, uh, I started out at definitely being more shy. But um, I think that people uh, are willing to share. And so they just want to be asked. Um, So I think that that's been a really, I guess, not surprising, but it's been really well received by so many guests who uh, I've been fortunate enough to interview and uh, be able to tell about their story from different areas of pharmacy practice um, to be able to kind of share the message of, of different things happening across the continu- continuum of care in the pharmacy field. So I think that's been one of uh, the neatest things that I've been able to learn and just experience. And not only that, but getting able to uh, just connect with so many others in the pharmacy profession. We always hear, you know, pharmacy is a small world. And um, if you get on LinkedIn or get on, go to conferences, uh, things like that, it's always so great to be able to to network and connect meaningfully with other pharmacists. Yeah, I think that's, that was definitely a surprising thing for me. Also, like the ability to to start connecting with people was, uh, was a big one for me. Yeah. And so, Richard, how did you get into podcasting? And speaking of social media that you mentioned earlier, uh, so this will be kind of a two-part question. What's the best tip you can give others about having yeah, a social so, uh, media presence? Really, my, my uh, I guess, relationship with social media actually began um, almost a year ago, I would say, when I read, I read a book called Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk. And in the book, it talked about, you know, if you're talking about in the book, it talked about if you're passionate about something, you should start building a media brand about yourself around it and uh, start using that as ways to you know help others and continue to learn and build whatever it is upon that you're building upon. And while that was a blanket statement, you know, for any professional or someone in any industry or any business owner, um, I took it to heart as being a pharmacist, and I started taking seriously my my social media presence and my personal brand um, by writing articles and making videos. And in the meantime, I started listening to podcasts actually. And I was looking for something, you know, I was looking for some pharmacy related podcast and 
I wasn't really able to find kind of what I was looking to listen to. And I wasn't able to see, I wasn't able to find, I guess, like what, like also someone that I can relate to, like something that was kind of connectable for me or connected well with me. So I was, I just, I was like, why don't I just look to starting my own? Because one, I would be able to basically get some of the information that I wanted to get out of a podcast anyway. And then it would be something that helped towards, you know, building the personal brand and um, helping making an impact on, uh, on pharmacy. So that's, that's kind of how I got into it um, in terms of getting into podcasting. Now, in terms of helping someone that, you know, is trying to have a, a bigger social media presence, I think the first thing to do is to really try to figure out what it is that they um, like doing or that they feel comfortable doing because social media has so many different ways that you can have a presence on there. And then being a pharmacist or, or even if you're a pharmacy student, you have so much on your plate already. And for you to try to do it all is going to be very difficult and a frustrating experience. So I would recommend trying to figure out what it is that you like to do, whether it's writing or whether it's uh, being on video or whether it's neither of those and you just want to only have your audio out there, whether like through a podcast, I would start thinking about that for yourself. And then once you've got that down pat, just go on to Google and search if it's a podcast, how do I do a podcast? Um, or even reach out to a fellow podcaster like myself or Hillary. And, you know, start learning and start figuring out how you're going to start getting your, you know, your ideas and your, your vision out there. The second thing I would, I would do after kind of realizing what you what it is that you want to do and how you want to put your stuff out there would be to not think about it too much and just do it. Because a lot of, a, a lot of people are really hesitant to putting themselves out there and they're worried about what, how people are going to feel about their work and a lot of times it ends up being, you know, just a, a huge hindrance into progress. And I, that was something I kind of had to deal with in the beginning. And it's just super funny to look back because uh, I started doing uh, medication education videos on YouTube. And I think I've maybe done like, I think I have like about 10 videos or so right now. But it's just so crazy to look back at what my first video was like compared to like my last one. Such a huge difference, such a huge progression. but. Most people are looking at my work that's coming out new, like my new work coming out, and they're they're giving me a lot of you know um, a lot of good feedback on that. Whereas no one's really saying, "But what about your first one? That wasn't so good." Like no one's ever, like talking about that, you know. So uh, a lot of people are are really really get caught up in the quality of their work when they first start, and is it good or is it not? But just don't think about it. Just start getting it out there. It's going to get better. And especially if you stick with it, it's going to be something you're going to start producing really good work if it's your passion. That is such great advice. And I totally agree on just getting version one out there. Uh, you can always improve and tweak it. And hopefully others will be able to give you some feedback. And feedback is good. Um, you know, it's always good to to hear from others. And that way you can always improve. And your other point about not trying to do everything at once. So, you know, somebody may look at you and be like, oh man, he, he's got a podcast. He's got an Instagram presence. He's writing articles, but you didn't start all of that at once. You, you know, started with one thing and then we're able to kind of grow that out. So I think that people should kind of just remember not to start everything at once and don't be overwhelmed by that, but just kind of pick one thing, like you said, and try it out and put yourself out yeah, there. No problem. Really it great was, it was information. A, it was a really good, uh, it was a really good episode. And I, and I, th I really thank you for, uh, for your time and 
and putting, uh, allowing me to come into your show and uh, be on mine as well. Oh, and it was so fun to be able to do a little bit of a, a fun change up in the, the way that we both typically do podcast interviews. So I hope that all of our listeners will enjoy this and they'll be able to check out more from yep, you and, at uh, RX Radio. And also check out your podcast as well. I, Perfect. Uh, All right. Thanks, Richard. Thank Have a great day. Hi, everyone. Thanks again for listening. And be sure to check out www.pharmacyadvisory.com slash resources. There are new resources that will be popping up there and be sure to submit your email so that you can get access to any of the special resources that will be available via email. Also, be sure to check out www.npr.center where some new information about natural products will be coming available and there's a video there that you can check out to get more information. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening. 